years after the incident at Isla Nublar, Dr. Alan Grant is convinced by a couple to go back to the island, only for, only for their plane to crash, and now they must survive until they're rescued. To add to the problems, this isn't the original island. This is Isla Serna. Hello, everyone. I'm Caleb Boudreau. I'm Connor Izagiri. And welcome to a new episode of Beyond the Bad. All right, so today we will be talking about the usually amongst the fans and critics the the least liked in the ongoing um dinosaur epic franchise jurassic park three um was a big financial success though because it's part of a very popular franchise um so it was still a huge hit but it would be met with mixed um reviews from critics and stands to this day as the lowest grossing song of the franchise and um, it looks to hold that title because Dominion is already off to a really strong start in international territories. So I don't think it's um, getting rid of that crown just yet. Uh, a break would soon follow after this, um, but now as you kind of as if if you've seen any trailers at the theaters or if, if you're watching TV, um, it's back stronger than ever. We have a new one coming out this weekend, hence why we're doing this one. So may it cause a temporary. The uh, break, momentary, not getting any films, but series is probably stronger than it's ever been. Um, before we get anyone to it, I'll show you over to Connor for the scores. Yeah, Jurassic Park 3 kind of derailed the franchise for a good decade. Uh, still a huge success, about $368 million on a budget of $93 million, But for this franchise, that's, that's low. That's small potatoes. Uh, our scores here on Rotten Tomatoes, we've got a 48% critic score, 36% audience score. So pretty shitty. Uh, Curtis Consensus reads, Jurassic Park 3 is darker and faster than its predecessors. Eh, that doesn't quite compensate for the franchise's continuing creative decline. Stronger or what, darker and faster? I disagree. I think I'd say, I'd say faster with its pacing because it is like 30 minutes shorter than what is usually the length of a Jurassic Park film. Now we're saying that the upcoming one was like two and a half, I think. Yeah. Um, so I would say faster in that regard. Yes. But darker. God, no, no, I think, it, I think the first two entries are pretty fucking dark, especially lost world, especially lost hell. Um, Fallen kingdom. I thought was pretty fucking dark. Yeah. This is, if anything, Jurassic park three is pretty damn lighthearted. I mean, there's only a few deaths. Everyone kind of makes it out all right. There's not really any big bombshell about InGen that everyone has a, you know, oh my God, how could you moment? All the other films have that. This one's just, let's find the kid. We found the kid. All right, let's go. It's pretty quick. <laughs> yeah. The, most of the people who die are actually like the, just the fucking expendable mercenary squad. Literally all of the main characters make it out of this alive. Yeah. I'll never understand how he paid any of these people because he clearly was just writing a lot of bad checks and nobody checked to see if it cleared before they went 100% on this mission. Literally everybody was like, he looks trustworthy. How can anyone not trust that mustache? Let's do this. And H Macy, come on. Yeah. It's the shoveler. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, so that's, that's what we're working with here. 
All right. Well, before I unpack um, a rather lengthy development hell today, ladies and gentlemen, um, you would be surprised, or maybe not, um, on the production for this film. Really, I should say pre-production. <laughs> Holy shit. Um, before we do that, let's take a quick moment. I kind of want to ask you, because I know we talked at length about the original film on the main show on Film Guys. I know you're about to do it again on Oscar Sunday um, and give out awards, which I will be judging both you and Austin appropriately for what you guys hand out as the um, Uber Jurassic Park fan of this group. Don't worry. We all love Jurassic Park. We'll be doing it justice. I'm just, I know. I'm just saying. <laughs> so it's one thing I'll, I, I'm, I, I understand, like, I'm, I'm letting Austin totally have his moment to gush, but I'll probably do my own scoring in my head, like my own awards, because I'm like, oh, I would like to give awards. But I've had my piece. I've talked about ad nauseum. It's time for Austin to have his chance. Um, so we talked about that one quite a bit. And before we kind of now talk about this one, and I don't think we've had a sneak preview on any of the new ones because it's when we start sneak preview and now when this one's coming out. I would like to know for you, Connor, and I'll talk about mine as well, your overall thoughts on this franchise as a whole and kind of how you feel about this upcoming installment, like your anticipation level, you know, whatever. I really like the Jurassic Park franchise. I think they've all got something to offer. I think they're all really fun movies. I think they've all struggled to live up to the first one's standard, which is, you know, pretty, pretty high. Uh, But I don't hate any of them. I think they're all, decent films that I enjoy. I'm very much looking forward to Dominion. It's being billed as the conclusion, but I highly doubt that. Anything that makes a billion per film does not end ever, unless you're Harry Potter. Um, but that, that, you know, that's a whole thing. This, I'm, I like that they're bringing back uh, Sam Neill, Jeff Goldblum, and Laura Dern. It's cool to see them again. Uh, and they all seem very excited about it. doesn't seem like it's just for money. It seems like they all like really wanted to do this, which is cool. And yeah, I think this is a, I think they've really managed to do a lot for what is basically the same movie six times. Just dinosaurs and something bad happens. But I like it every time. So, yeah, it's movie magic. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I'm pretty much with you. Um, you know, obviously nothing's going to touch that original. That is just a perfect film, in my opinion. With its noticeable flaws, I know that the T-Rex cage uh the depth of the ground changes considerably don't give a shit still great um <laughs> oh i think there was like a scene where, like the helicopter's flying like you, if you pay attention the camera moves real funny like they forgot to track the helicopter for a second um <laughs> <laughs> that's funny but i yeah. admired you know i, I watched a uh, documentary like how how did it get made on um or the movies that made us that's what it was on uh netflix Oh, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. The Jurassic Park episode was cool because they wanted to make this, but they didn't have the technology to make the dinosaurs realistic. So they had to develop the technology, this mixture of practical and CGI working hand in hand. And that's why it still looks so amazing because they like went hardcore on creating this new tech to make these dinosaurs work. I mean, that alone shows you how you know dedicated they were to making this movie. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah, no. It and you know, I I understand people's complaint when it comes to like sequels because it feels like cash grabs and stuff. But I'm like you, I think this series has been most like consistently at the very least, no, it has not hit anywhere close 
to Jurassic Park. But the sequels have been a lot of fun. Um, even this one, which is I'm with them. I think it's my least favorite. I don't go back to it a whole lot. Um, I still have things out of it I enjoy quite a bit that I look forward to seeing when I do watch it. Um, I The second film I'm a big defender of. I know a lot of people kind of come at it. I, I enjoy it quite a bit. I like it a lot. Um, and I thought Jurassic Ward, when that came out, was a great fucking reintroduction. I thought that was like, if they were going to do anything to bring this back, that was the way to do it. And they, they nailed it. I was probably, I felt like the oldest fucking child in theater when it came out. So I was like, so ex- I was like running to my seat at the draft house. And I had, was like, fuck my family. Like, you guys can make it when you make it. I'm, <laughs> it's Jurassic War time. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, yeah, I, I think Jurassic World had a lot on its shoulders. You know, that movie had to be incredible to keep this franchise moving forward. And I thought it was good. Um, it, I, I was reading a review I did. Uh, earlier just to see like is there anything i could talk about here and i said on my review of fallen kingdom that i like jurassic world but i like it less every time i watch it and i watched it recently and i yeah you know what i yeah it's good but it might just be this like corporate logo paint that's all over that movie because i get that that's the point but it just doesn't do it for me i don't know that's the whole point i i know it just feels mass produced. The first one didn't. This one just feel. It might just be Chris Pratt. Also, like of course he's there. I say I feel like you're taking a lot of your okayness with Chris Pratt out on this movie. <laughs> but I will say, Jurassic World has my favorite moment of the entire franchise, including the first one, and it's when the Raptors and the T Rex take on the Indominus. Oh, like, dude, that moment when that thing's fucking like you see them turn, and I look the commentary when they're like, "What are they doing?" And they're like they're about to attack us or so whatever he says you're like oh shit um i like when that thing escapes that whole sequence when they're like where the fuck did it go <laughs> and they're like and chris was like it just uh, oh we need to get out we need love, to get out of here right now i love when they knock it near the water and that giant ass ocean dinosaur just comes out of nowhere and drags it down like jesus man like this is this is what i wanted I love how that thing has become like the face of the Jurassic World franchise. <laughs> like it's popped up in every fucking film. It's terrifying. It's terrifying. Right. Uh, Fallen Kingdom has one of my favorite moments at the very beginning when they're on the um the uh, the now decrepit museum and like the dudes are doing that thing at night and you see the lightning and you can see the fucking T Rex in the background see him. And like get ready to come near him. I'm like, oh shit, get the fuck out of there, dude. I love um Ted Levine's death in that movie because it just he starts crying. Like it it chomps his arm, it, like it rips his arm off, it's like growling, like roaring in his face. This hardened like soldier dude just starts sobbing for his life, and shit got real real quick. Oh yeah. <laughs> that thing was fucking vicious. That goddamn rafter. I was like, Jesus Christ. Yeah, I'm wondering if in this new one, it, the Gigantosaurus, I think it's called, is that like a naturally formed dinosaur, or is that Henry Wu's last fuck you to the to Ingen? I don't know. I have to look. I haven't bothered to look into it. That thing looks yeah. fucking fierce. Yeah. Well, since it came out already overseas, like I'm not looking into anything because I don't want it spoiled. Oh yeah, I'm not seeing it until Friday, so I'm not getting shit. Sp- I haven't even been on Wikipedia. <laughs> Like I'm like, nope, because I know what you guys do. You put the whole fucking plot in there, which I get your Wikipedia, like, okay. But, like, nope, not having it spoiled for me. 
Yeah, exactly. So uh, can't wait. But yeah, I'd say this franchise is pretty consistent. You know, it's got its ups and downs, but overall, there's always at least one moment in every movie that just has you in awe. Yeah. And like, look, and like I said, like, if you're not going to be as good as the first one, that's fine. Just be fun then. And I think that's at very least what they've delivered is fun movies involving us and dinosaurs. And I'm like, I'll take it. I'll take what I can get. Yeah. Every none, no movie is going to be the next Jurassic Park. Just focus on being the best Jurassic Park sequel. Because that's attainable. That is attainable. And I think that's what the sequels do. They just try to be the best sequel they can be. Exactly. Ah, all right. Unless you have anything else, let's. Oh, hold on. Okay. I need a drink. This okay. is a long one. Starting with the original film, actually. Really? All the way back to the release of the original in 93. Joe Johnson, who was a friend of Steven Spielberg. Um, had expressed interest at that time directing a potential sequel. So Spielberg came up with the the compromise of the ideal that you know he would do the first sequel. Spielberg um, would do the first sequel, which he did in uh, the Lost World Jurassic Park, and then Johnson could do a uh, possible third film. So that's what they say. He's like, hey, well, I do want to at least do like a sequel myself, so I'll do that. And then if that's hugely successful, we can do a third film. You got it. You do the third film. That's kind of funny to me that this dude just walks up to Steve and he's like, you know, I would love to make one of these myself. Spielberg's like, well, hold on there, Slick. Uh, I know we're friends and all. How about this? I'll do the guaranteed sequel and you do the one that might not happen if I fuck up. (laughs) But I'm Spielberg, so I mean, do you really think I'm going to fuck up? Mm. I just, I love that. He's like, the, the balls of being like, I want to make a Jurassic Park. Like, <laughs> like we're, we're buddies, but no. <laughs> like, you know, what if he just gone up and be like, I want to do another Indiana Jones. But he'd be like, well, I'll do this one and you do you do the next one. <laughs> I mean, he, I mean, Lucas kept bugging him. So he finally gave into one of his scripts for the fourth film and look how that turned out. Yeah, but Lucas is like his, I feel like, you know, his school friend that won't go away. We all make new friends. And then apparently, you know, with the new one, the studio just pestered him enough that he just said, I'm fucking done. I'm producing this only. I'll just cash the check. Thank you. (laughs) But yeah, Joe Johnson, I don't, I don't blame him a lot for three, or maybe I will when I hear about the rest of it. Oh, you won't blame. Well, maybe. I like him as a director. He did Jumanji in the first Captain America. Like those are good movies. He does do good movies. You might blame him a little bit. I won't say he's the whole issue, but he is not a part of the solution. That's how I'll say it. Okay. So uh, this would actually, um, for those who are aware of the Trash Park franchise, is history. This would get enforced, luckily, um, after release of the second, at least luckily for Johnson, after the release of the second film, because Spoberg at that point was very open in interviews about not wanting to direct any more films in this franchise very very adamant very open and not because he hated it but they are very difficult films to make even if it's all running smoothly these are difficult films to make and you could tell after two films it was marrying on him and he's like i will stay on as a producer i will not direct any more films (laughs) 
Well, yeah, I get, I guess. I mean, Spielberg kind of really good at these giant event films. I wonder how difficult it really is for him. Well, I mean, like we talked about the first one, they they had to invent the technology for the damn first movie. Yeah, but but now it's invented. I think there was that time where production like had a halt because they had like a storm to deal with. True, but now they know don't film where there might be a storm and we have the tech, so what's the problem? Tech cannot always work like it should. Ah. Most most directors will tell you that things like this are fun to make, but they are difficult because the technology doesn't always want to work. And you got to remember, think about it. He had Jaws back when he first first starting out. Look how that fucking truck worked for him. Like, he's had a consistently difficult time when he's gone technology heavy with his films. Well, he did follow Lost World with Saving Private Ryan, which was probably, you know, a big commitment. So, like, all right. Yeah, I, I, I get it. And like I said, he's still sitting on producer, so it's like he's still getting the money for these movies. Like, he's he's still fine. He's just not directing them anymore. Um, let's see. Well, oh, okay. Didn't want to lose my place. My place. Uh, Universal would formally announce the film in June of 1998 with a mid-2000 release window. Notice the year it came out, guys. So here we fucking go. <laughs> Michael Crichton himself was actually also set to collaborate on a storyline and script with Spielberg when this was announced. But, and here we go, Johnson will later say that Crichton ultimately had zero involvement in the film. Shot him down. Big Hollywood was like, no, no, you just write books. We're going to take this. And he's like, fuck you then. I wonder, I wonder if that's what the collaboration meant. They're like, hey, can you write a third book? <laughs> so we have a book to base it off of. And he's like, no, I only have the two books. All right, then you're just not working on it. Uh, also, like, between Jurassic Park and The Lost World, Congo came out. So... Maybe Hollywood was a little reluctant to, to let Michael Crichton in the in the writer's room. I, I kind of get that a little bit. Maybe. And what's funny is that there were things from, I think, the second book that they put into this movie. So it's not like they completely, like, he was there in spirit. There are elements of the second book that didn't make it into this movie. So I think this movie could have used a little Crichton because I, I don't know if you've read Jurassic Park or The Lost World. I but, haven't, but I heard they're like extremely gory and like complete opposite of what we got in the straight, movie. straight up horror dark. Like, remember the kid at the beginning of Lost World who gets like a little attacked by the compies? Yeah. And uh, it said off screen that she's okay. Yeah. In the book, uh, they fucking ate her. And also, she was a baby. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. So I. I would have liked a little bit of Crichton darkness in part three. I think they could have used some of that. I, the kid should have gotten eaten by, by the pterodactyl or something. I do look as much as I would love like, like an R-rated dinosaur film of this nature. I, I do. I, I do like what we got though, quite a bit with Jurassic Park. So it's like, this is one of the cases from like, as much as you know me, I love go. Yeah. Go or go gore. Go, give me it all. And I'm like, I kind of like what we got though. <laughs> I do. I agree. I'm not saying we need to go full monster movie, but a little little taste, a little flavor would be nice. Yeah. yeah. They they get there sometimes with some scenes. Like Jurassic War, that secretary did not deserve the death that she got. Uh, that, was, that was in Super Gore, I believe. Yeah, Lena Luther got fucked up. 
Yeah. That, was, that was undeserving, but D'Onofrio should have gotten that debt. Yeah, he is a quick one. She was like, we're going to watch her suffer. Like, what did she do besides not pay attention to her boss's niece, like nephews who were just wandering around a very seemingly safe theme park? Could you blame her? She's the fucking secretary. She has like, she's literally doing all of the work that Bryce Dallas Howard won't do. Like, that's the point of the secretary. You do the work that they can't do. Yeah. Uh, the first one, I think Nedry's death is very horror. I love that whole yeah. scene. God, I can't wait to see that dinosaur back in Dominion. <laughs> that also was very toned down because in the book, uh, that venom uh, melts his eyeballs. Jesus Christ. And the thing starts eating him gut first, so he feels everything. <laughs> God. Yeah, you would love those books, man. They're Jurassic Park, but also horror-flavored Jurassic Park. I've, I've, I've been meaning to pick them up. Like It's been something that I've been like, I need to pick these books up so I can read them. Yeah. So I know I love them. I, I found out my paperback is signed by the the guy who played uh, Tim. The child, Tim? Yeah, I didn't know that. I, I found Tim it. Yeah. I opened it and it was like, with love, and then his, and then him, his name. And I'm like, holy shit. Cool. Shouldn't have loaned it to a friend. <laughs> I, I didn't get it back. God damn it. <laughs> All right, let's move on after that depressing fucking ending to the story. Let's enter the first writer for the movie. That's right. The issue start with the fact that I had to say first fucking writer. Craig Rosenberg. He began writing the first draft in June of 1999. And this one mostly involves something that I believe has been the driving plot for the TV show on Netflix. The animated uh, cramp, uh, Camp Cretaceous, what the hell you call it. Um, but it involved teenagers maroon on the island, was the gist. Um, there was a lot more details, again, because it's so long. I, if you want to know, get it on Wikipedia. It will tell you exactly all the other shit that was in the, in the script. The gist was teenagers were marooned on the island. Okay. And they had to get off. Yeah. Kind of basic. Yeah, and again... They I, they clearly in Bandix. I believe that's actually roughly the the ideal behind the animated uh, Jurassic Park uh, kids show on Netflix, where it's like a family gets stuck on the island and has to escape, and that's actually lasted them like five or six seasons of TV show. I always thought it was about like like a summer camp on the like during the park where like kids are learning about dinosaurs. No, apparently like they're stranded and trying to get off. It's like Gilligan's Island, but with dinosaurs. How have you not watched that? I don't know. I probably will though. <laughs> Interesting. What what if I watch it and like it's the goriest thing ever and no one's talking about it? <laughs> First episode, some kid just gets bit in half, blood everywhere. It's like All invincible. Animated. It's like invincible. It starts out pretty PG and then it ends with a fucking bloodbath in the first episode. A raptor <laughs> like fucks up three kids. <laughs> I'll never forget watching Invincible going. I saw that after the hype um, of it coming out, I come back from my deployment. So I was like, why is everyone freaking out about this fucking show? And I watched it, and I remember going, as I'm watching the premiere, going, I don't get it. What is everyone talking about? Like, this is a standard Saturday morning cartoon superhero show. I don't understand. Not that it's bad. I just, I, why are we freaking out? And then I got to the end, and I went, oh, oh. And then I finished in like a day or two after that because I couldn't stop watching. <laughs> Yeah, it's an it was a good one. 
Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I have not checked out Camp Cretaceous because just I honestly didn't know about it. <laughs> and yeah. I thought it was some like ABC Barney style dinosaur show set in Jurassic Park. Well, apparently, it's been really good. It's, it's like, like I think it's getting like a fifth and final. It's like yeah, a final season, but it's lasted a while, and I've heard good things about it. So it's been, I've thought about watching. Um, also in 1999 in August, so two months later, uh, Johnston was officially announced as director. So you know, obviously, I know we just like you're like, well, duh. He expressed interest. This was them saying the official announcement: Hey, he is directing Jurassic Park three. Right time. Because I do have multiple titers, titles to say later, um, the third installment of the Jurassic Park franchise. That's why how they were in it. <laughs> I wonder what the movie was originally called before they landed on the extremely creative and unique Jurassic Park 3. Oh, we'll get there. <laughs> um, at this point, Rosenberg's still attached. Um, Spielberg would grant, because he's staying on producer, right? He's not directing, but still producer, would grant Johnston complete freedom um of the film of what you want to do with the film and production was expected to begin in early 2000 so to his credit i know we made the joke earlier he lived to us where he said yep you got three do what you want with it i i love the idea of like i grant i i just picture like like a king and a knight like i grant thee complete control <laughs> over thine film i'll make your ruler proud <laughs> that's probably not what happened he refers to himself as daddy. Don't make daddy angry. Jesus. <laughs> he just comes up, rubs his like shoulder. Show daddy the script. Let's see what you've thought of. We have to watch Poltergeist again, or do you finally get it? <laughs> Obi got it. <laughs> Zemeckis. Got it. It's just every time I see executive producer Steven Spielberg, I'm like, he he had some notes. <laughs> Michael Bay had it. Yeah, come on. Like, if you guys didn't know Spielberg, you guys can show on Michael Bay as much as you want those trash Transformers films. Guess who produced those bad boys? Spielberg. All of them. All the racist and sexist shit, though, that was probably Michael Bay. It was 100% Michael Bay, but I'm just saying Spielberg's name's attached to that as well. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, okay, sorry. It's, I have to always make sure I know where the fuck I'm at. <laughs> so, let's enter September of 1999. Literally a month later, Rosenberg's draft would be rejected. But Johnston saying he felt viewers would not want to see such a story. Let's not forget there is now a successful Netflix TV show that I mentioned earlier. Is that is that his exact words? People don't want to see such a story. That's what he said along with the, and I quote, the script wasn't really that bad or something like that. You did a good job, but no one wants to see it. Those those are conflicting ideas. Netflix, <laughs> okay. like, like what, two decades later, it's just like, you want to show us that script? <laughs> we need content. Oh my god. That tells me that Daddy Steve whispered in his ear and was like, I don't I don't care for this. <laughs> I think that's what happened. The, the ideal of like Spielberg, like he read the script, he just comes up, just rests an arm on him, gets right in there and goes, 
Daddy doesn't approve. <laughs> Kisses his ear. <laughs> now do better. <laughs> I gave you the keys. Uh, there's probably a meeting with Spielberg and Johnson where, he, where Steve's like, so what'd you think of the script? He's like, I liked it. He's like, did you? You sure about that? You sure you liked it? Uh, I was. <laughs> I, I can't. I imagine so many people were told how to think in Hollywood. That's how I feel. It's just ran even by like the nicest people. They're just like, just sure you want to do that? Is that what you want to do? I directed the first two. I'm just saying. But is that really what you want to do with your chance to do this third film? That I helped get you to, technically. I just picture that scene in Hercules where Hades like freaks out at Meg and is like, I own you. <laughs> That's that moment. I imagine that happened a lot. <laughs> at least once a day reminded him. <laughs> uh, well, so what happened? Well, so with that draft also went Rosenberg. He didn't get a chance to write a new one. <laughs> That's crazy. I can imagine him like calling all his friends, like, I'm going to write Jurassic Park 3. And then he turns in the first draft and they're like, you're fired. (laughs) But, like, what? (laughs) (laughs) Like, usually you get a couple tries with them. It's like, they must have really hated that, despite the fact that it was pretty good. (laughs) Right. Them's the breaks, kid. Like, get out of here. Did he do anything else or did he like run out of Hollywood? I, I honestly did not borrow look that up. So while you look that up, I'll go into our next guy. Um, Peter Buckman wasn't brought up. Craig Rosenberg was his name, right? Yes. He wrote five episodes of The Boys. He did go on to better things. Well, yeah, you know what? Better things. If we're just talking Jurassic Park 3, better things. He did write a lot of shitty horror films, though. So it was t- he did lose some footing. In Hollywood until he came around to Amazon. Now and now he has exploding dicks to his name. <laughs> they call that a Rosenberg. You guys better watch season three of the boys if you haven't. It's when you Same. shrink and crawl into a guy's dick. It's a very rare sexual occurrence. <laughs> Almost never happens in real life. Nearly unheard of. <laughs> Something I wasn't expecting to see until I watched the premiere of season three of The Boys, and then it was in front of my eyes. <laughs> ah, all right. Who was who was who, who came next? <laughs> Peter Buckman came next. He was hired to rewrite Rosenberg's draft and got going in early and did so going into early 2000. So we're probably not being a 2000 release because he was still going at this into early 2000. His storyline, again, I'm going to condense because if you want to see the whole thing, Wikipedia, again, has literally like three paragraphs worth of how that story went down. The gist of his story, dinosaurs dinosaurs would be causing mysterious killings on the mainland, so somehow they get off the fucking island. On the mainland, I love how dinosaurs causing... They're not mysterious if you know they're dinosaurs, but whatever. Um, killings on the mainland. But a parallel story involving... In, you guys might start recognizing some plot points here. Alan Grant, Billy, and a family, would you look at that, crash landing on Isla Sona. Hmm. 
Well, did he get? I'm I'm looking at his IMDb and uh, I don't see a story credit. Dan Bikes. I wrote down who got the story credit. That's much, much later. We'll get to that. I I want to say he did, but he may not have. Hmm. No, it says he claims he did, but they may have taken him out retroactively. <laughs> Damn. What happened to Peter Buckley? Well, we'll get to that. That's not yet, though. Hold on. There's a whole lot else that has to happen. <laughs> okay. <laughs> now, those titles I mentioned earlier. So, the one thing I did glean off of um, that I remember gleam, um, gleaming off that fucking three-paragraph thing on Wikipedia is that this film had the grand ideal that Alan Grant would end the film getting people off the island and then disappearing back into the woods and staying on the island to be one with the dinosaurs, which I fucking despise. Because I've seen Jurassic Park. So fuck you, movie. <laughs> Who Did he even watch the movie? That's insanely out of character. Oh my! God. I know. With that ending in mind, this is the title they originally had along with two potential other ones. So the original title was Jurassic Park Extinction. Ooh. Creative. I imagine like like the Jurassic Park 3 or Jurassic Park would pop up and there would be like an explosion, like a comet. Comet comes flying into the screen, explodes, extinction. That would make sense if all the dinosaurs were dead at the end of this, but it doesn't sound like that's where they were going. Exactly. And I said comics. So anyone who doesn't know the dinosaur history, that's how the dinosaurs died. Unless you're super into God, then at that point, where did the dinosaurs fit into your story? Who knows? Um, Just picture Adam and Eve getting killed by those lizards that killed Nedry. I'm just saying, like, real quick, that's something, as someone who was raised Catholic, right? Um, And isn't religious anymore. It is interesting. If you look at, like, that there is proof. We found the bones. Dinosaurs existed. Nowhere in the Bible... (laughs) Is there ever a point where we somehow were like one with the dinosaurs? It was just like apparently dinosaurs died and then somehow we just came. It doesn't add up to me, like ever. No, no. Because then there's also like, well, what about the cavemen? Which again, there's evidence of fucking cavemen, the Neanderthals. Um, so it's like, okay, so what is this part with Adam and Eve and all that shit fit in? Like, because so far there's so much evidence proving the shit that was here before us. If life started out with two people, we would be such inbred Cronenberg style monsters by now. Incest. Yeah. Millions of generations of incest. There's suddenly a shit ton of incest in the Bible, in the Old Testament, because the earth had to get populated somehow. Yeah, I believe that. I believe there's tons of incestual idiots in the Bible. Oh, yeah. Noah's sons. Oh, boy. Mom was. uh... Popping those babies out, and they won all by Noah. Ooh, the lolly. <laughs> that <laughs> the filmmakers, uh, they would decide against this title because, as we kind of hinted at, it suggested afraid to fit into the, into the franchise, which we can't do that, right? Um, we've made that mistake with 80s horror slashers. Uh, we can't keep repeating that now, can we? Um, final chapter. The final chapter, a new beginning. Freddy's dead, the final nightmare. <laughs> a new nightmare. Jason lives. Jesus. The return of Michael Mars. All right. I can go on all day. 
Um, so they had uh, two other potential titles, which was the first one being Jurassic Park Breakout, which I don't understand that one. I don't see where there's a breakout. Well, I guess if you think what dinosaurs, a dinosaur causing mysterious killings, because we don't know <laughs> that it's a dinosaur, apparently. Is there a like man- a raptor walking around with like a fucking like butcher knife slitting throats in alleys or something? Is that what glasses and like the mustache? So no one knows. So like, oh, it must be a person. He's got a hoodie on, but his snout is very pronounced, very clear. It's a dinosaur. But he can talk like what we did get. So he's just like, Alan. <laughs> That's all he can say. He can say. It's the only line of dialogue they were from. Jurassic Park. Alan. <laughs> oh, well, that's a terrible wow. title. What's, what's the other one? The final one, before we got the one we got, was The Extinction, Jurassic Park 3. They did what I actually kind of hate, where you put this subtitle followed by the fucking sequel like number shit i hate that too it's so pretentious it's like all right so obviously as you guys could tell they just some flight it to Jurassic park three that's so lazy god yeah now before we get more into the fucking writing of this movie let's talk about some casting Sam Neill would sign on um, in June of 2000, and he was actually quite happy to return as in his in his uh, his words, his feelings, he felt his performance in the original could have been better. I, I love Sam Neill, but I, I got to disagree with him. I think he did. I, disagree I, highly. I thought, yeah, I, I thought it was great, but I respect that. He's like, you know what? I want to come back and do even better because he could have been like, oh, it's the third film. I'll just come in and phone it in. Like, now nah, I'm going to I'm going to do better. I'm going to give you guys something. I don't think the movie quite hold it's in the bargain but sam did i really like sam neil i think he's he seems like a stand-up guy really happy to be here uh yeah he's great as as grant i'm glad that harrison ford said no yeah and i'm, I'm glad to see sam Neill back in dominion yeah me too very cool um uh so at this point by the time they got him Filming was scheduled scheduled to begin this time by August of 2000, and they had a projected release window of July 2001. Okay. Filming would get delayed by a month shortly after announcing this because William H. Macy turned down the role originally because he had a scheduling conflict with a movie he was filming. Hmm. So apparently they put all their money on him and just delayed a month to wait for him to be able to come on board. I got to say, Paul Kirby, not a make-or-break character for the franchise. They probably could have just gone with somebody else. Yeah, I was like, you guys could have just, you know, done someone else. <sighs> now we get back into the fucking story and script. Johnston would start to fill Buckman's draft was too complicated in getting Grant back to the island. Hmm. So the seeds of doubt have begun. I either from Johnson originally or Spielberg, Daddy Spielberg whispering in his ear. It's too complicated, Joe. <laughs> He's gone. I never liked the subplot. I'll never work in this town again. And I mean that because the last thing he wrote was 1997's The Tale of Sweeney Todd, and then he vanished off the face of the earth. So uh yeah, he didn't get a second chance. Oh my god. <laughs> um, 
And now, get this. So while he had no involvement with the script, he did not write the script, he did not do anything. The writer for the prior two films, David, I think it's pronounced Kep. Yeah, David Kep. David Kep had a suggestion, and he suggested just keep exercising everything else and just focusing on the simpler rescue mission plot that was in the script. That was it. He's like, hey, just just and everything else and focus on that. Well, that's how you get a story credit. Yes. <laughs> um, well, some I it sounds like he talked to Spielberg. He did more than just suggest because five weeks before filming would begin, both Johnson and Spielberg rejected the entire second draft of the script due to dissatisfaction. Oh boy. <laughs> Five fucking weeks before filming. We got perfectionists. And it's funny because this is Spielberg who had to deal with the shit he dealt with on Jaws. He's like, I'm gonna make this fucking difficult for this for these guys on Jurassic Park. They're like, why? Like you don't want to direct because you are claiming it was so difficult to make the first two. So why are you doing this? <laughs> I do want to just say I had the wrong Peter Buckman. <laughs> God damn it. This Peter Buckman, not similar trajectory. He wrote the Aragon movie. Ugh. And then uh, Shay, part one, part two. And that is it. He's got three upcoming projects, but all of them are just in development and like untitled Peter Buckman project. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't, it's not, I didn't, it's pretty much exactly the same story. <laughs> God damn it. Well, his script got rejected. His draft got rejected. Five weeks full filming. Um, and get get this part. At that point, they had already spent $18 million on this movie. The film had been storyboarded completely and budgeted with some set building done already. Wow. That is some insensitive shit. Just take the L. <laughs> like, if you think at that point. Oh, boy. I think they forget the part where it's called Post. <laughs> oh that sucks and as I said this would happen unsurprisingly after Kep's suggestion which they did believe to be the superior idea Jesus never casually mention anything around Steven Spielberg when he's in process of producing a movie because he may just take it as absolute fact and you might cost him a production a shit ton of money yeah and it's Spielberg, so they know they won't get the money back, so they do not care. Oh, wow. That's crazy. <laughs> Which now brings us to the next two writers. Now they brought two people on to do this fucking thing. Alexander Payne and Jim Taylor. Their main job means to improve the characters and story as the script primarily consists of action. That's how it was worded. So it was like a script for mostly action set pieces. And they're like, yeah, we'll buff up the characters and story a bit for you. Did, did they? They really didn't. Because the movie <laughs> I saw had, and I'll get into my words, not much character development. Um, Alexander Payne, though, that's interesting. That's Academy Award winning screenwriter Alexander Payne, I assume. Well, I believe so. Just get this. This. They were surprised themselves to receive this offer. As both have been on record, and I shit you not, to say they are not hardcore fans of the franchise, but enjoyed the premise. Who who the hell says I don't really 
what like I love dinosaurs, but I can't stand Jurassic Park. <laughs> what the fuck? But we're writing the third film. Oh, that explains a lot. <laughs> wow. Also, mind you, they haven't delayed production. Do you think this is like have you ever seen the producers? No, I've heard of it. You know the whole the premise? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. They're trying to make a, a horrible play so that it'll bomb and they'll take the the like the money they'll get from it bombing. I wonder if that was what Spielberg was trying to do here. It's like I'm gonna fuck up this production and then I bet against it. So I'm gonna take home a hefty few hundred mil when this whole thing tanks. Yeah. Oh, I sh- I, I forgot to write that part down. All this is happening after Spielberg signed a thing to get 20% of the film's royalties after release. So this is also happening after he signed a deal to get money upon its release from the profits made. Weird. That's weird to self-sabotage a movie that's going to net you 20% of a lot of money, regardless of quality. Just let it happen, Steve. If you don't like it, try harder on part four. Well, they did try until we got Jurassic World. And the ideas they had pre-Jurassic World, I was like, don't fucking do this movie. <laughs> I don't want human dinosaur hybrids. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, ultimately, uh, the final writing credits for this film would go to Buckman, Payne, and Taylor. So fuck the first two guys, apparently. Oh, the first guy. Fuck Rosenberg. <laughs> apparently. Being <laughs> in shit. Now, again, I got to reiterate this. This is all happening five weeks before filming. They didn't delay production while all this is happening. So guess what? And here's the biggest piece of the puzzle. Just tell, explain this film right now. It would go into production without a completed script and would continue that way throughout the entirety of production. That is incredible for a film of this magnitude to just wing it <laughs> just be like fuck it we'll figure it out along the way yes this, this is not you know a link later film from 1994 that you could just kind of bullshit your way through because it's about life this is about dinosaurs <laughs> like what what were they thinking <laughs> i don't know in their words the first act was mostly in place Middle portion, not as complete. And the ending wasn't even written. There was no fucking ending. Well, that didn't change. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I. It's funny because you hear stories all the time about people like, oh, like, uh, what was it? Like Iron Man is famous, but they talk about how they didn't have a script. I'm like, all right, you guys blow what the actual thing is out of portion. Every film known to fucking man has a script. Even Iron Man had a script. Now, they probably just ad-libbed 90% of that fucking film the way it sounds, but I guarantee you, to get the film made, for, for those who really believe that fucking rumor, there was a script that got approved. They went, yeah, make that movie. Yeah, they didn't just rent a camera, found a warehouse somewhere, pointed at Robert Downey Jr. and said, now do Iron Man. Yeah, it, dude, it boggles my mind when people like tell me that one. They're like, did you hear? There was no, I'm like, no, there was a fucking script. But it was, they just didn't follow the fucking script during production. Yeah. They had they an outline. Had they had to pitch something. They had to storyboard something. Yes. They, they had plot points they had to make sure to hit. So they had some kind of bones 
because the script is essentially the bones of the film. It's the spine. It holds it together. This is a rare, rare case of like, they literally had nothing. You know, considering that it's, I gotta say, the fact that the film isn't a complete train wreck of competing ideas and terrible dialogue is pretty admirable. Yeah. So I'll, I'll get into it, but I actually had a hard time picking that. I didn't pick my dialogue stuff, but man, that one gets awards. Um, but yeah, so I just had to bring that up because the amount of people are like, they made this well. So they made, I'm like, no, they had like even Blur Witch. I think people will be like, you know, they didn't. I was like, it didn't have much of a script, but it had like, they had a, the directors had a general idea of what the fuck they wanted with the movie. Yeah. They had a, what's the term? Um, outline. Outline. Yeah. An outline. Yeah, I'm like, there's always something. Like, you can't, these films aren't just like, and even this, like, I, this is probably the closest that was with Alice. I'm sure they obviously had an outline because they had so many fucking drafts, but they didn't have clearly the details at all about what to do. That's wow. You'd think Spielberg would know better. Yeah. Well, this would cause members of the cast and crew to be very outspoken with their displeasure. Uh, Macy. <laughs> quite outspoken he was one of the most vocal critic critics of the film's production process like literally calling him out going how do we make a film of this size and you don't have a script for me like he he was pretty furious they johnston tried to calm that one down was like well he was just it was a bad day of filming he doesn't mean it blah blah and i'm like i feel like he means it i feel like he means it just picturing macy jumping through the door like the fucking Kool-Aid man, just being like, fuck you, Joe. I meant every word. <laughs> fuck this movie. <laughs> he hasn't come back to the series, so I'm just saying. Actions speak louder than words. Um, and I Joe, haven't exactly been missing Paul Kirby, but go ahead. Me neither. Um, Johnston, who, you know, defended, tried to, to you know, tone that down a bit. He himself, though, would turn around and admit that he considered quitting the project a few times because of the uncertainty of how the film would turn out. Because, again, there was no fucking script. Completed script. Oof. I wonder if this is because he had the audacity to ask Steven Spielberg if he could direct one of his movies. Spielberg just went out of his way to sabotage it to be like, ask me this question again. This is the long game. He's been been planning this shit since 93. He's like, you'll never ask me to direct another fucking film again. Thank God. Production falls apart. Like, there's a storm. Macy probably punches Johnson in the face. He's lying there on the ground. Spielberg just walks over and is like, so what did we learn? You don't ask me for shit. And, like, kicks him in the teeth and walks away. (laughs) Who made Captain America, you bitch? (laughs) Oh my god. <laughs> oh. Finally, of all the actors, recent uh Many Saints New York star Alessandro Nivola would also criticize the film after his release, again hinting at working with an incomplete script. Um, again, his his the way he complained, you could tell it was like I it very much I do with like I did a film with zero direction on what the fuck was going on. Because he his con was he couldn't latch onto the character. It's like I did this, I can never really latch on to the character. I'm like, well, yeah, because there was no script for you to latch on to. 
Like you got to figure it out as you're filming. That's what like for actors pre-pro is when they figure out their characters and get into it. So then when pr- production comes on based off the script they were given and the research they could do, they can, you know, get into character. You can't do that with no fucking script. And then you're just, you don't know what's happening in your day. Okay. I get that to some extent, but he couldn't figure out how to be dinosaur man's grad student. It's like, very difficult. A, it's not a complicated role. I think it's very complicated. <laughs> it's not like Billy had a lot of substance here. He had so much substance other than like the, di- other than the child that called Alan Grant dinosaur man, most substance in the movie. <laughs> I just find it funny that he's the, the the grad student who's like probably studying to be a paleontologist, knows dinosaurs, researches them, and he's the idiot who steals raptor eggs and causes so much shit to happen. And, and that's why and that's why I say I get where he's coming from because how much of that was just come up, you know, thought of on the fly that day. You know what I mean? Yeah. Instead well, of like I, you know, he had an idea instead of knowing where the story is going. So you can be like, okay, this is how I need Billy to be about, you know, all that good stuff. Whereas this was like, what the fuck am I doing today? I'm, oh, I'm stealing eggs, but I'm his, his prize student. Okay. Okay. That's what I'm doing. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, I really was bummed out by the many saints of Newark. That was such a terrible movie. It, it was, but it's one of the few things we have left of Ray Liotta. Oh fuck! Don't say that. Yep, I said I went there. Oh, On that note, let's... somehow in all this craziness that was happening, Trash Park Three would stick to its July two thousand one release and come out in July two thousand one. After all, At... it's kind of amazing. Yes, <laughs> as I stated above, it would open to a mixed reception from the critics and is still to this day the lowest grossing box office um, of the franchise. Um, definitely not losing that crown based off, you know, traction on the new one. Uh, and again, you know, yeah, the, the franchise went dormant for a while after this. Um, I know you said decade, I think it was like this count 2001. It's like, yeah, 14, about 14 years that it went dormant. Um, but all was not lost, you know, you know, obviously people like me, big fans of the original that actually make films because I don't. Grew up, and around 2015, we got from Colin Trevorrow, Jurassic Ward, and that was a huge success for the franchise. Fucking, I, I remember hearing about, like, I think it made, like, a billion. Like, it was big. Yeah. Yeah, huge success. It breathed new life into the franchise because it, it did what it, it, a good film like that should have brought in the people like myself who grew up with the original, and a lot of those people, not me, but those who had kids were like, hey, let's go watch the new one. So it, it brought in a whole new audience in the old one. And it's having it, its particular concluding chapter. I'm not going to say final because it's going to be another film at some point, but it's concluding chapter coming out this weekend with the core cast coming back. I wonder if Dominion has a script. <laughs> Every third Jurassic movie does not get a script. So, sa- so says Daddy Spielberg. <laughs> Oh, Colin Trevorrow didn't go to Spielberg and says, I'd love to make a Jurassic Park. And he's like, oh, goody, we got another we got another one. <laughs> Just waiting every time for someone to say it. <laughs> oh, man. I, sh- I should quickly point out, you said Daddy Spielberg, and I have Family Guy playing on my TV in the background. 
and I turned around to Stewie in a thong with his ass out right when you said that. So I don't know what just happened in my life for these two things. <laughs> That's probably what Daddy Spielberg is just wearing around his Amblin paid house. <laughs> so gross. You know, like a 70 something year old Spielberg just walking around in like a fucking thong. <laughs> Move on. I don't want to get, I don't want, I don't want to talk about that anymore. <laughs> As sheiks out. Jesus Christ. Anytime right. someone comes over, he makes a point to bend down to grab something. Oh my God. What if he directs films like that on set? He just shows up one day in a fucking just man thong. He's like, all right, guys, let's do this. He has so much power in Hollywood, no one would call him out. <laughs> they talk about it when he's not there constantly, but nobody would say anything to his face. Harrison Ford probably would. He's the only one. Yeah. Steven, what the hell are you doing? Put some clothes on, man. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, as you can see, that was a hefty development hell process. And again, this was me condensing. Like I getting out the nitty-gritty details because like I can't spend my whole night typing this out. <laughs> this is what happens when you try to take anything from steven spielberg well he's gonna fuck your production up no but seriously though they should have had a script or at least push the date and then have a script ready yeah and this and for me like and i'll get into it in my words but this really explains some of what i feel is shortcomings with the film like this explains i was like oh okay this explains why the film does feel the way it does compared to the other ones yeah Yep, I agree. The other ones had completed scripts. <laughs> that, unless we have anything else, is uh, time to move on to awards. Sounds good. All Sounds right. Good. Let's talk about the Zack Snyder who was in the news this week for fucking Rebel Moon over on Netflix. Yeah, good um, for him. And now I don't have to watch that fucking movie because we're not doing sneak preview anymore. <laughs> Snyder fans still holding out hope. Um, well, the worst scene. Uh, what did you for years uh this was tough because despite the production problems we did get a coherent film that has some cool moments uh more forgettable than bad uh i ultimately went through the scene where they dig through piles of shit to find the phone because i don't think we needed another scene of giant mountains of dinosaur shit and everyone was far too eager to you know everyone pick a pile and nobody nobody put their hands in the creek or anything it was just. I would, have been, I would have been like, I'm not putting my hand there. I was like, we're finding a new way to get off, but my hand's not going dinosaur shit. If I was Grant and I got basically kidnapped and lured there with a fake check, Kirby, I'm 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 dunking him in that shit. I would I wouldn't let any of that go. Get in there. Yeah. I. You know, it's funny because, like, we had that, we had a scene like that in the first movie, but it made sense because, yeah. like, the way Laura Dern's character said it was that she's excited, you know, yeah. so she's just like, oh, we need to inspect this shit because the dinosaur's sick, and just plunges her in there. You don't think anything about it because, again, she's so excited. It, it, weirdly enough, it makes sense. Like, you're like, oh, okay, I get it. This one, it's like, do we have to do this again? Do we, do I need to see this? I didn't need the steam coming off the piles. I think Grant should have shoved Kirby's head in there and been like, if you hit phone, tap twice with your foot. 
was I thought he was too forgiving to the Kirby's for how they fucked him over in this movie. <laughs> he almost lost Billy because of these idiots. I don't think I know of like a like really passive aggressive Alan Grant throughout the movie. Like he's just being really hostile towards them throughout because of the situation. <laughs> yeah, that would have been funny. Oh, the raptors are chasing us. Maybe you should go see if they want their fucking eggs back, huh? <laughs> oh, you lost the phone? Well, that's great. I can tell you I'm not digging through that shit. So who's it gonna be? <laughs> you guys left me. You guys made me come here. Yeah. You want you want dinosaur man? You're getting the fucking dinosaur man. So buckle up. Uh yeah, so I just that's what I went with because I was like, do we need two of these scenes? And yeah, it was just nasty. And then what does Grant do? Immediately puts that fucking fo- shit covered phone on his head. Yeah, I was like, run to the creek at least. Watch that fucker off a little. Like, bit. yeah, like look, I get no matter what shits on it. Like, but at least get in the creek so the water can take a good chunk of it off, and then hold it a little bit away from your ear. It's still warm. The phone is warm, you gross motherfucker. I would, I would love if someone say that as soon as the person was like, oh, it's still warm, man. <laughs> oh. Oh, Kirby accidentally okay. like itches his nose and he's like, oh. <laughs> starts puking in the background. It's like watching the hot ones when they accidentally rub their eyes on the, <laughs> the bomb. <laughs> yeah. What did you what did you have? I actually did come up with some scenes because I I feel like the stuff that isn't dinosaur action, it's kind of boring. Um, True. But I ultimately went with it because I just noticed it watching it for the first time. And that was the end scene when the military saves them. First off, due to a phone call that's never explained by Ellie because we never really know what her husband does that other than he works for like the state or something. Like they make a quick reference that holds zero weight in how this was pulled off um, <laughs> so quickly. Um, and also I noticed that this theme it's the theme score for this whole franchise but it's sped the fuck up and it's almost like a benny hill moment (laughs) i didn't notice that yeah so yeah i'm actually surprised you didn't notice it i thought for sure you'd notice it and we have like a funny moment right now which really took away from what i was hoping to happen but i'm sorry but at that point i was just kind of like oh it's over now all right Oh well, just get to that scene again if you can. But it's it's literally I noticed it because I, I was like, they literally just took the theme score and sped it up as <laughs> as the soldiers are running around to get into place. So it's like literally just a Benny Hill moment. <laughs> Wasn't the whole point of them going to the island to get their kid that nobody could come to this island to rescue anybody? Yes. And now all of a sudden, Ellie somehow has State Department connections who can run through so much Costa Rican red tape and just put the fucking Navy SEALs on the beach. Yeah, I was like, how long did it take theoretically? You know what I mean? Like, how long did this... Because the scene before it, you know, they're having their big attack moment and the the kid answers the phone, which, shout out to that kid, exactly how I would have responded if Dinosaur Man had called me. I'd try to go get my mom. I'd see that Barney was on TV because I was really into Barney as a kid. And I'd be like, gotta watch that. I'd watch that and then be like, oh, yeah, shit. I got to go get mommy for Dinosaur Man. 
that kid watched Barney exactly the same way I watched Barney, just jumping up and down in the living room for no apparent reason. Kid was the MVP. I was like, yep, I'm pretty sure that's probably how I watched it too. Because I remember my mom was telling me, she goes, you watched Barney every fucking day. <laughs> that kid inadvertently saved like five lives by remembering, oh, I got to get the phone to mom. <laughs> yeah. You know why? Because he listened to the teachings of Barney of I love you and you love me. That's what did it. He was like, what would Barney do in this situation? Oh, he would give the phone to mommy. That's right. And also, the effort was the same effort I do. When he went to like the door and it didn't open, I'm like, then he just quit. I'm like, hell yeah. That's the effort I put into everything. <laughs> ah, shit. Well, I tried. I'm out. Well, and her just, her, um, what he said on the phone call, just like yelling, sight B in a bunch of rain. How is she supposed to know what to do with that? Yeah, because the only one who came back for the second film was Jeff Goldblum. So as far as we know, he's the only one that knows about Isla Serna. Well, they all know about it, but he's the only one who's been there. Because remember at the end of Lost World, Attenborough is like, we need to protect these creatures. That's right. This Isla Serna, yeah. Well, I guess that's maybe how that's how they knew. Maybe at this point, it became like the island's known. They just... Well, I just meant like he's, he's screaming it in a rainstorm as he's drowning. There's no way she heard that. Yeah, yeah, and then apparently, I guess it, it was really quick. And like, Sony's in the military, that was the quickest goddamn react like phone call to we got to get people out there. I think I've seen it in my life. I will give you that to me, nothing beats the Monster Squad. Oh, yeah, At the end of yeah, that movie like, when the fucking army shows up, it's like, who's who sent this letter? Where's Eugene? It's like, please, army men, come save me from the monster. Yeah. And the whole I fucking forgive, army showed up. I give I forgive Monster Squad because of its tone and what it's doing. True. I true. can forgive it. It it goes with the rest of the film. This doesn't. That's true. This was literally like we have to end this somehow. So here we go. I think the biggest one for me, the biggest like what moment? If you remember the end of Lost World when they pan across Isla Sorna and all the dinosaurs living in harmony. You see like two or three pterodactyls just flying around. Oh, yeah. So what's with this birdcage? Apparently, they've been kept under wraps until now. Apparently, it really kind of ignores some stuff set up in Lost World. I should point out in general, all the films have like ignored Lost World because pterodactyls apparently didn't become a problem until this upcoming Dominion movie. (laughs) It is weird. Like, Why is Lost World considered like the black sheep and not fucking three? Yeah, it's like we okay, so we've established that apparently pterodactyls weren't roaming free, um, because they would have been a problem in Jurassic World and Fallen Kingdom, but they're only a problem in Dominion based off the ending of Fallen Kingdom. Speaking of what happened to Site B, I think about now they actually kind of actively ignored two and three in these Jurassic World movies. Nublar became a park, then it went, you know, everyone's like, oh, dinosaurs are going to be extinct if that island gets destroyed. It's like, no. Yeah, don't There's you a whole other island B? of dinosaurs over there. Yeah, I would assume you would still be using Site B. Yeah, if anything, that's like, you know, Jurassic Park Orlando or some shit. <laughs> like, it's the second one. If, if you want the real experience, go to Site B. Yeah. It's, it's Disney World and Disneyland. Like, that's what's going no. on here. Don't be a pussy. You'll be one with the dinosaurs. I would love if that is their, their campaign. <laughs> Jurassic World, don't be a pussy. 
It is just weird that they've ignored two films worth of continuity. And yeah, just maybe in this new one, they'll pop back up. They'll be like, we got to go back to site B or something. I doubt it, but we have, oh, they just say we have to go to site B. It got destroyed in a volcano or some like random bullshit. Another volcano killed all the rest of the dinosaurs. <laughs> yeah. The Oxygen. comet only affected that island. Jesus Christ. Oh. Uh, all right. Uh, let's move on to the Ed Wood. Uh, worst line. Again, it's probably going to be a common thing between both of us. Right now, I forgot I mentioned earlier. This is going to be nitpicks because I know we're kind of dogging on this film. Actually, I'm like Connor. I don't hate it. It's not my favorite. I just I don't hate it. Like I do a lot of like rather bad installments and franchises. Dinosaurs are one of those things where if you put it in your movie, it's going to be tough for me not to like it. Yeah. As long as you give me some good set pieces, I will at least take the good time. The brain mindless good time. Exactly. Uh worst line, it's predictable. It's I it's Alan. <laughs> I couldn't leave it out of my awards, and that was the perfect place for it. Uh Dr. Grant nods off on the plane, has a nightmare where nobody's there, and there's a raptor next to him, and it says his name. Alan. <laughs> and so weird and off-putting and ridiculous and yeah there it is and has become very infamous in the franchise yeah i love that it's pretty much in every episode of screen junkies honest trailers somewhere hidden is the raptor and you can if you listen carefully you can hear alan yeah (laughs) i love that and um i love when it was when uh cinema sense was doing lost ward and they they had that one he had that one he's like did they just bring in like recommend all of the 90s actors and they said like which 90 actors do you want and it cut to uh leon the professional gary oldman everyone (laughs) i remember that true though good point but um yeah the dialogue's not that bad in this movie but i always thought that line was like really dumb and the whole scene was like why is why is this here yeah um i had to like quit quick nitpicky lines um my first one was more of an exchange and it's quick it's when they're in the birdcage and grant goes oh my god as he's smirking which is kind of weird (laughs) oh my god it's a birdcage and this is why i put this because the follow-up reply to that from tay leone is for what i don't know you're on a fucking dinosaur island (laughs) you tell me we just established it's a birdcage you're on Dinosaur Island. You tell me what you think is about to fucking come out of the mist. Oh, this must be where they keep the Triceratops. No, lady. <laughs> Shit's about to get real dactyl in here. Yeah. yeah. Luckily, they, they follow up with a pretty badass moment of the pterodactyl like, coming out of the fucking fog, which is really cool. Yeah. But, yeah, that, that exchange was like, oh, we could have just cut that out. And also, why Sam Neill's why Alan Grant was smirking, almost impressed when he said it. I'm like, maybe a little bit more with a holy shit. Are we really now in this scenario type of delivery? Well, he's, st- I get that like Grant is like still excited to see dinosaurs because he's it's probably like, who I haven't seen a pterodactyl yet. And it yeah. like manifested briefly on his face. Yeah. And, and, and I say that, but is it really out there for reaction? Like at that point, he's so like done. This is the second time I'm dealing with this type of shit. He's just like, you gotta be kidding me. We got one scenario and now we're dealing with fucking pterodactyls. Okay. Both times he was promised payment. I'm pretty sure he never got. He, he needs to stop accepting payment. Yeah, or at least take the trip when the check clears. 
I swear to God, if he accepts payment in Dominion somehow. I hope to God part three is like, we'll, we'll compensate you for your services or something. He's like, no, no, no. Fool me twice. Shame on you. Fool me three times. Shame on me. <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. We'll, we'll find out. Uh, my second one's another quick line. And again, it has to do with the fact that I, just, I find a lot of the the scenes of round the dinosaur action boring, especially when they hone in on um Macy and Leone's fucking marriage or relationship, whatever the fuck it is. I always forget what their status is as soon as the movie's over. Divorced. Um, They're divorced, but dinosaurs right. got them back together. Yeah. Um anytime they have exchanges, I'm like, God, you guys have you guys suck. Um and it's when they're talking about stuff they were doing back home. And Macy just goes, I miss fishing. Yeah, that was a weird line. Yeah, I was like, okay. And it's weird because it's after they have the whole thing in like the the canal, the the river. So I'm like, why now do you miss it? Because you had a horrific experience in the water like five minutes ago. Yeah. And you've been on this island for like three hours. <laughs> like, where's this miss, you know, missing fishing coming from? Yeah. You not fish back home? Yeah. Like, and like, look, movie time, they've been what, on the island for like a day, theoretically, like a day or two. Mm-hmm. I've done I've done month long deployments and it took me quite a bit to get to a point where I was missing something. Did you, did Usually you miss, did you miss fishing. No, because I don't really fish. <laughs> and it usually took me at least like what, a couple weeks, to like a month to finally be like, yep, I missed this. This I fucking miss. Yeah, I don't I don't they're their whole thing is ridiculous. Yeah. And again, it said towards the end of the film, so it's like, oh, I missed it. But hey, we're rescued. So I can go right back to it as soon as this ride's over. Yeah. So yeah, um, those are my two lines. Um, moving on now, though, to the Steven Seagal, the worst performance. This, to me, 100% goes to Talia. Dude, I put the same thing. She's doing... Actually... Yeah, go ahead. Oh, sorry. I, I was actually being to her and Laura Dern. Not because Laura Dern's playing in a bad performance, but because she's so under fucking utilized. What? First off, like I thought it was pretty just terrible to just have her and Grant broke up, and but he's still playing with their kid, even though he hates kids, and that was the reason they probably didn't stay together. Like, why do that? Oh yeah, um, just went out the door. Yeah, I hope she's divorced and they hook up in Dominion. It's probably what will happen. He's going to die saving her or something. But um, yeah, Taylor Leone in this movie is just constantly screaming and putting them in danger and making horrible decisions. So yeah, I can't stand her character. Yeah, and again, not it's not terrible. Like she's not performance-wise bad by any means. It's just the character is so bad. And it's interesting that, at least for me, when I was watching, I'm like, why is it your female characters are not brand good? at all in this movie yeah that's a shame and it's not that's not a franchise thing at all it's just this movie literally just this one the franchise is known for very good female characters i mean they'll go over there on the first film um julianne moore in the second film and um the 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 lady who played um go bloom's daughter i can't remember her name um who i thought was actually a pretty good character um and then bryce Dallas howard obviously with the jurassic world films like they do good female characters in my opinion my part howard could run in heels throughout like most of the film that was 
That was weird. Take your heels off. I know you can't run in those. I have moved so far past that. I'm so tired of hearing that. Yeah, because it's ridiculous. <laughs> that T-Rex would have eaten her because she would have fallen. That T-Rex was following her. He was like, there's a new, there's a bigger predator in town. I know what to do. Lead the way, lady. That's, that's the vibe I think they wanted us to have. The T-Rex is like, look, I'm sorry for my ancestors. I always got I, of like, the park is in danger. My people need me. I am a new and improved T-Rex. I am with you people now. I'm and honestly... So like, yeah, good. Until you're watching a drive-in movie, and then I'm going to eat the living fuck out of you. I, I was honestly surprised at the end of Jurassic World when the, the, the raptors and the T-Rex took down the Indominus that the raptor didn't like do some kind of clawed thumbs up or something. <laughs> this actually really fits. Like Chris Pratt just looks at his raptor and goes, you're my boy, Blue. <laughs> I, I kept saying that. <laughs> I was watching it. That's great. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's just this film that they're not really strong and yeah like i said it's she's not putting on a bad performance like she's clearly doing whatever she was directed to do i'm not gonna say written because as we learn no fucking script so whatever she was directed to it's just not a good character yeah yeah um and there's moments where she's just ridiculously over the top like when the body of what was it ben or no ben's the kid yeah the guy that went the guy that went with her kid yeah that guy who she just wrote off immediately like fuck him where's my kid i don't give a shit about him where's my kid but um when his body cut falls out of the tree somehow like picked to death like picked clean he's just a skeleton uh and she like ah! like she just freaks the fuck out i got him by that at all yeah i wasn't yeah it wasn't a it's not a great character <laughs> uh with that, um, let's move on to our worst filmmaking uh, decision. The Michael Bay of it all. Um, Michael Bay of it. What What did you have? Um, I just, for me, and this is before I knew about all the script issues, and now it makes sense. It's the abrupt, out of nowhere, sudden ending. It's just all of a sudden, there's the army. Let's go home. Like I thought, this thing, like they were gonna. F- you know, fight the Spinosaur and there was going to be one last, you know, battle on the beach or something. The pterodactyls were going to attack the helicopter was pretty implied. Like, and then, no, but that was it. They're like, let's go. And also Billy's alive. Fuck that. Consequences. (laughs) Yeah. Really fucking got out of that relatively fine. How did they get to the middle of the, of the fucking like island to save Billy and then get back to the beach. Like, what's the logistics on that? Apparently, like the dinosaurs had no beef with anyone but our core cast of characters. Apparently, they just w- let them do whatever they needed to do. Yeah, the Dilophosaurus was like, oh, "I'm good. I've been hunting these guys now. I'm done." Raptors like, "We got our eggs." Spinosaur like fucking salutes them. It's like we support the troops here. I'm the alpha. No one mess with these guys. <laughs> Although I know, like, it's giving me a tag. Oh, God. Sorry, sorry. Military. Whoa. Whoa. It's Veterans Day. Sorry. Sorry. You, you, you know 100% in the 
in the, the story we almost got where D'Onofrio like, you know, weaponized the Raptors for the American military, you know, they trained those fuckers to salute. Yeah, they did. I'm in the military. They definitely trained those assholes to salute. 100%. <laughs> so it's one thing I know that officers enjoy most. <laughs> officers enjoy. Um, yeah, they, they definitely made them salute. Uh, for me, I kind of approached it, and this was before I knew I knew all this shit, so it really worked out in my favor. Um, and I put, for me, it was kind of a big picture type of thing, which was, you know, yes, it was nice I mean, this is a franchise with a standard runtime of two hours, so many minutes. And like I said, with the new ones, it's going to be two and a half. Yes, it was nice to have one that was an hour and a half in, out, clean, quick film. But the flip side of that, and obviously, as now we learn with development hell, is it takes away from a lot of the key thing to get me invested and why the extra 30 minutes usually helps with the other films. It takes away from a lot of character development. Yeah. Um, and I would, I would honestly say that this particular installment because of it has the most forgettable characters they've ever put in this series yeah 100 i i will back that even grant is acting pretty out of character throughout the whole movie like when he randomly tells billy like you know you're no better than the people who built this place it's like jesus alan settle down you enjoyed going to dinosaur island too yeah you want to calm it down there <laughs> alan <laughs> Just yeah, I, I agree with that. It's not enough time to explore these people and then we're just gone. Yeah. So like, yeah, on one end, awesome. Especially, you know, obviously, you know, I kind of voice it with some of these films that are coming out when I sneak preview. Photo I get, I'm like, oh sweet, hour and a half. Fuck yeah, I'm in and out. But ultimately I'm 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 a fan of a film that the runtime. What's what, what am I looking for here? The runtime is equal to the movie or what like it earns its runtime. There we go. Yeah. I think, you know, a great movie, if a movie's great, it doesn't matter how long it is. Yes. Like it, it earns its runtime. It doesn't feel too long. It doesn't feel too short. Um, I know you're not a fan of the show, but like, like I was, you know, I've talked about the recent season of Stranger Things and how long those episodes were. Me as a fan was perfectly fine. It would end. I'd be like, oh, shit, next one. You know, that's, that's perfect use of your fucking runtime. Right. This one, like I said, like, yeah, all, it's nice having one that's an hour and a half, but, like, there's, like, almost fucking no character development. Yeah. I'm, I'm literally sitting in between dinosaur moments just going, like, all right, so now here comes the part with the raptors attack that I'm looking forward to. Like, <laughs> I don't give a shit about what happens in between. The raptors got more character development in this movie, and I thought they were so smart to the point of it being not, like, unbelievable. Yeah, it was almost like, okay, this is too much. I know raptors were smart, but yeah, Come creating on, elaborate traps, tricking people, talking. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> but then they fall for Grant's fucking thing with the thing. You know, he does it right in front of them. Yeah, I would have loved if one of them just walked up and slapped it out of his hands. It's like, how stupid do you think we are? Dinosaur man. <laughs> Especially because that one was so on point when like her husband leaned into his ear and he's like, get the fuck back. Yeah. I will eat you. <laughs> Alan. Um, what's that? Let's, uh, let's discuss our server linings. What's a positive that you took away from this film? I have always loved the pterodactyl sequence. 
that is so creepy. The buildup is so good. At first, you're wondering like what's going on in here, and just the like the wings folded in to look like like swords as it's coming towards uh, bands. Like shit, what's going on? And then just Billy going after them with a parachute. Like that whole sequence, I fucking love. I yeah, I'll give you that. That's a, like I said, this film does fucking great with it's 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 a uh, it's set piece moments with the dinosaurs, and that is a highlight to me in in the franchise in general. Oh my god, if this movie had shitty character development and terrible dinosaur moments, would anybody watch this? This would be a I skip it on like you know marathon cipher film, like nope, not doing this. (laughs) But uh yeah, no, I mean like this scene, I think the scene when the uh the the spinosaurus whatever attacks the 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 plane is fucking great. Um, the whole raptor scene in the building. I mean, yeah, it, you're right. You're stretching Billy Billy how smart they are, but like, it's a really not cool scene. Especially that little thing they do with like you see it run in the background. You're like, oh shit. Um, when they're running along the fence, and it's like, I love how they have the moment. Like, whoo, we did it. It's on the other side of that fence, and we are here. High fives, and it just fucking busts through. Yeah, it can it can bust through that fence, but it can't bust through the door to the to the facility. That was a really strong door. Apparently, <laughs> yeah, inconsistencies. Ugh. Yeah, so no, I'll give you credit. That that scene was cool. Um, for me, I hearken back to my childhood to get a little sappy. It's it's the fact that the original score was used still in this film. It's not like Halloween where they kind of like play with it in each sequel. It's always the original score. Um, and it's just it was hearing that. Um. At the end, they look regardless of like the quality of the installment, how good, how bad, whatever it is. Hearing this music always just puts a big old smile on my face. I get filled with nostalgia, and I just felt like a kid again when I was first sitting down with a VHS copy of Jurassic Park on my couch, just enraptured completely by what was happening on the screen. And hearing that music just never fails to do that, Um, even in this you know this one which i don't think is the best one they've ever done obviously but hearing that music did you know it always it warms me up inside i get it man jurassic park is one of the most magical fun memorable film scores of all time um john williams he's the goat when it comes to movie music i mean the the scores this guy's been uh single-handedly responsible for over his career holy hell man and jurassic park is just one of many but it is it really encapsulates the wonder of seeing dinosaurs alive and it's it's amazing and i love that every film has kept that it hasn't tried to alter it or you know world didn't try to replace it with something new like that is the music of dinosaurs yeah and i will say there is a wrong answer to y'all's best musical moment or whatever i forget what it's called already on oscar sunday it will only be this as an acceptable answer (laughs) I think I know what you're talking about. And when we're done here, I'll tell you what mine is and see if I got it right. Okay. This is one time on that I will be judging when I listen. <laughs> With that, I love both of you. But yes, this score is, yeah, this score is just, um, yeah, I, I know I've said, I know I've spoken about a lot on Travis Park before when we did that episode, but yeah, it's just, it's like top five favorite scores of mine like this thing it it fucks <laughs> it's it's just a goddamn good score and you know you know 
even now, you know, I'll be turning 30 this year and still hearing this, you know, I feel like I, I'm, you know, four or five years old watching it and just loving every second of watching Trash Park. And then as soon as I, I'm ending that movie, grabbing a VHS copy of Lost Board and being like, all right, I want to watch this one next and putting it in and just watching that the whole way through. It it never fails to do that here and that even as I'm getting, you know, older. I do love that we have adopted the whole that fucks thing into just the shows. I can't. Ever since I heard that, I'm like, I love this. It's, it's it's perfect. And we all can get, you know, just by context clues, we get it. We know what that means. <laughs> ah, so unless there is anything else we'd like to add to your awards, it is time to move on to the last segment of the evening or day or whenever you're listening to this podcast. And that's to find out what is in the box. This movie is pretty despised on Letterboxd. I was surprised. There's not a lot of uh, middle ground here. A lot of people are just like, there was so many of them were just Alan. But <laughs> I didn't include any of those. Uh, I do have five, all pretty negative. This has a 2.7 out of five on Letterboxd. So not great. And I misspoke last week. Our lowest film thus far rated on Letterboxd was not Freddy Got Fingered, but Green Lantern with 1.7. That's the that's the number to beat. Hell yeah. <laughs> uh, proud of us. Yeah, that's that's amazing. You gotta really fucking hate something. <laughs> uh, here are five letterboxd reviews. I hope I can make you laugh. The first one is I'm coming out fucking strong and I apologize to anybody who's triggered by this, but I couldn't just leave it out. This is from Nicole Kubrick. Second saddest thing that happened in 2001, two stars. Yep. Going straight for the nine 11 jugular. Well done, Nicole. Wow. Oof. I don't know how that com- com- compares but holy shit yeah coming coming out of the gate strong right here <laughs> i was just like okay. she, she really said that that was a boldy statement to say yeah Good for all right her. <laughs> the rest of these are just crazy all right here this is from emma jack every character in this movie is the stupidest version of themselves they can be Sending your child off with a new boyfriend to parasail over an island inhabited by man-eating carnivores. Stupid. Accepting money from a couple to guide them around said man-eating predator island without any kind of background check. Stupid. Taking eggs from the nest of the man-eating fucking dinosaurs when you yourself are a scientist who should know how animals react when they're young or threatened. Beyond stupid. Actively homicidal, honestly. An insult to the original movie, which is about pretty smart people put in a dangerous situation by a charming sociopath, exists only to make money. So once again, an insult to everything the original movie is about. Half a star. Jesus. Yeah. Pretty accurate, though. Everyone in this movie is a terrible decision maker. Yeah, yeah. It's a film filled with bad decisions. And no alcohol involved in force those bad decisions. Um, number three, I think you'll appreciate this one. This is from Cine Addict. You know, when you're younger, you're going through that dinosaur phase. You know which one. The one where you're playing with your dinosaur toys and you smush them together and make roaring noises because you're a dumbass with no clue about anything like storytelling or character development. 
yeah, this is that. <laughs> Two and a half stars. <laughs> it's just rah, for an hour and a half. <laughs> oh, there's even a scene with the kid doing that shit. <laughs> Yeah, that's like when I love it. Like there's that traumatic scene of her being like, Alan, Alan, and you just got some going, rah, rah, rah. I'm like, oh my god. <laughs> oh, well done. Cinna Attic. I agree. Okay, this next one. I don't know who the fuck hurt this person, but they I don't think I've ever hated anything as actively as they hate this movie. I mean, this is a rant if I've ever heard one. Oh, this god. is this is from Toad Warrior. After his refusal to procreate, Dr. Alan Grant got dumped by Dr. Ellie Sattler, and while she moved on to greener pastures, our boy Alan has been stuck in a rut since Jurassic Park. Refusing to have anything to do with Jurassic Park or the living dinosaurs created there, Grant's back to being a small-time paleontologist chasing funding for shit no one cares about because dinosaurs are real again. That is, until Jurassic Karen and Jurassic Cuck, along with the abusive clown from Air Bud, trick Grant and his assistant Billy into getting onto Site B, and Jesus, fuck, they are annoying. Well, someone shut them up already. I guess that's the power of Jurassic Park. It can make you hate even the great William H. Macy. There's a Spinosaurus, though, and oh, hey, it fights a T-Rex. But goddamn Jurassic Karen and Jurassic Cuck need to shut the fuck up. Oh, hey, look, pterodactyls. Jesus, shut the fuck up, Jurassic Karen. Shut up. Shut up. Shut up. Jurassic Park 3 takes no risks, and there's no rewards. It doesn't totally deserve three stars, but fuck it, I love dinosaurs. At least it's short. Three stars. God. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Dude. <laughs> oh, wow. We hurt the fuck out of them. And actually, I forget that every time I watch this movie, I'm like, hey, that's the asshole from Airbud. I was like, I hated that guy in Airbud. He was a dick. Jurassic Karen and Jurassic Cuck. That is beautiful. Oh. <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh, and then number five is just a, a nice little reference to one of my favorite movies uh, from Ryan Chag. Would have been really funny if William H. Macy's scam turned out to be that he sent his son to the island on purpose so that he could get a million dollar ransom from his father-in-law's car dealership. Two and a half stars. <laughs> Fargo still, reference, well, Fargo reference. That's his scam in Fargo. Oh my God. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> that is all that is in the box, but goddamn, um, those are some good ones. I was good, especially that rant. That guy was that guy was hurt. <laughs> I was thinking, okay, I, I love like, dinosaurs. I love that. Yeah, he pretty much he really hated giving that three stars. <laughs> All right. Um, let's close the box up until next week. And uh let's uh do some uh good old house cleaning and reveal what's going on for the next week of this show and our other episodes or other shows. Um, so be sure to follow us on social media. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram under Filmgasm Productions. If you want to shoot us a recommendation, feel free to email us at filmgasm at gmail.com. If you'd like to donate and support in any way, you can find us on Anchor. And then finally, feel free to go on our site, filmgasm.com, for reviews, trailers, articles, and all of our episodes. Next week, we'll be tackling the cult favorite comedy. I don't care what the critics say. Joe Ederte, as he likes to call himself. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.
Oh, this will be fun. Joe Dirt. I've I've loved this movie my whole life. I don't give a shit what anybody anybody says. I don't get the critic hate for this. It's funny. It's endearing. It's got a good message. Characters are great. I'm I can't wait. Look, there is a place and a time for dumb, dumb comedy, and this film fills that to a T. No, it's not smart comedy. No, it's going to be like, you know, a snobbish. Ha ha ha! That was funny. I got it. It's it's the lowest degree dumbest fucking thing but you will be laughing your ass off it's a funny fucking movie yeah i'm actually not looking forward to trying to look at it in a negative light it's going to be hard <laughs> i would argue this is david spade's best thing he did outside of a uh, tommy boy and black sheep yep i will second that um on filmgasm There'll be uh, Colton will be on that one with uh, Connor so for them to look at a personal favorite of Connor's, uh, The Count of Monte Cristo. Oh, yeah. Yes, That's the one with Jim Caviezel. In case wrong, I know there's like five, six, seven fucking different adaptations of this. The one with Jim Caviezel. Am I right? I'm right. Yeah. When you got a book that was written in the 1800s, there's going to be a fuck ton of, an- of adaptations. This is the one we're doing, 2002. Yes. So, in case anyone's wanting to watch, that's the one to watch. Um, on Oscar Sunday, I know I talked about it at the beginning, but they will be re-looking at uh, a film we did on the main podcast with a fresh diff- and a different mindset. Not too different, just different that they have to give it awards and things like that. Um, they'll be re- uh, looking at Jurassic Park. Um, that'll be you in Austin. I know Austin's also a big fan of this uh, movie and has been wanting to do it. So I, I generally, um, you know, yeah, there's a part of me that would love to be on this and give out the awards and stuff. But I totally understand. I'll sit this. I'm more happy to sit this one out because when you record, I'll be watching <laughs> Jurassic World Dominion, so I'm okay. Um, and I do generally look forward to seeing what Austin has to say. What you guys can. I know I'm, I, I joke with like you better give it the right awards, but um, I generally look forward to what you guys have to say about what awards you give. I'm 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 looking forward to that episode. Sweet, yeah. So am I. I. This is the earliest I've ever done the prep for shows because I watched all the Jurassic Park movies last weekend. So I've, I've been ready to go for quite some time. <laughs> Proud of you. Uh, until then, if you lose your child on a well-known dinosaur island, maybe be more upfront about the situation when you hire an expert. Or you might be stuck on that very island, and now you're on the bottom of the food chain. See you next week on Beyond the Bed. <laughs> Thank you.